0: Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Thanks for listening today. Before we jump into Chapter 2 of The Basics, I want to remind you to make sure you've listened to Chapter (laughs) 1. Because this book, like every other book ever written, uh, requires a necessary order. It's going to make a lot more sense if you do. So feel free to push pause, go back to Episode Chapter 1, and then you can catch up as we jump into Chapter 2. Also, a quick reminder: you can download a free ebook of the basics, all the chapters put together. Just go to timeofgrace.org/backslash the basics. Here's chapter two. Chapter two, God. Last week, I had coffee with a gentleman whose body, according to two medical professionals, was quote, trash. After a long career in the utilities industry, he had suffered a shoulder injury that left him incapable of lifting 15 pounds, much less doing the hard labor that his job required. Further south, his knees had imitated his shoulders, grinding down and wearing old, leaving him attached to a cane that sat on the table as we talked. The mouth attached to this worn-out body explained to me how demoralizing it was to sit at home and do nothing, to watch another show and listen to another headline, a new normal that had left him depressed and lost. But, the man smiled, after his catalog of suffering, God is here. Now, this guy knew me, his audience, very well, since I had just written a book about those same three words, God is here. And he knew my favorite way to think about the, quote, big guy upstairs, not as some generic God or as an official God, but as a glorious, wonderful, indescribable, leave the caps lock on when you say it, God. God is where I want my journey with you today to begin. As much as I'm tempted to jump in and talk about you and Jesus, I don't think Christianity will make much sense or seem all that urgent unless we slow down. And think about God. Don't worry. After a few pages, you won't be annoyed when I say it like that. (laughs) God. So, how about you? When you hear that name, God, what do you think? What do you envision in your mind and what happens in your heart? Honestly, those are awkward questions. We can't see God, so it's hard to know exactly what to think about God. Even the Bible admits that God is the king invisible, which means he isn't visible. We can't see him or meet him or get to know him in the same way we would some guy at work or a girl at our school. Thankfully, however, God gives us some help in understanding what he's like, and you don't need to be a Bible expert to get it because God is even better than blank. If I could slow down your listening for just a second, could I ask you to find a pen and a piece of paper. If you have this book, you can scribble in it too. I would love for you to write down the last five moments in your life that made you really happy. Think of the people who made you laugh, the places that made you gasp, or the things that just made your day. It could be dates or dogs or songs or shows, donuts, days off, anything is fair game. Go ahead. Now, I love doing this exercise, too, even as a longtime follower of Jesus. Here's what I recently wrote down. Number one, I had a blast playing Zelda on the Nintendo last night while my family was asleep. No judging, okay. Forty-something men have a very special place in their hearts for Zelda. Number two, my preteen daughter shared the latest Justin Bieber song with me this morning. And what did I just say about judging? (laughs) number three someone sent me a really kind email thanking me for my work at church number four my wife wrapped her arms around me and gave me one of those hugs that you, you just don't want to end and finally number five we ate steak quesadillas last night the ones with the cinnamon and sugar and lime zest rub okay but what in the world do pop stars long hugs and quesadillas have to do with god And how does your personal list of recent joys help you see the God who you can't see? I'm glad you asked. The Apostle Paul, a first century Christian who wrote a lot of the New Testament, explained it like this. God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made. Do you follow that logic? Paul admits that God is invisible, that you can't see his qualities like you could see your friend's latest hair color or her approximate height. Yet, Paul claims God still can be seen, clearly seen, he says, in fact. How? From what has been made. Look around at the world that has been made, and you will see glimpses of God. You will see love, friendship, faithfulness. Comfort, compassion, surprising generosity, breathtaking beauty, undeserved forgiveness, and so much more. Like the thrill of seeing a text from someone you kind of (laughs) like. Or the relief of hanging out with people you don't have to impress. Or you can untuck your shirt and take off your shoes. The comfort of your Saturday sweatpants and the Instagram-worthy glory of a sunset at the beach. Or maybe it's hearing your mom say, I forgive you after you mess up. Or your husband's comment, we're going to get through this, when you think the relationship is over. It could be falling in love, it could be being loved, seeing evidence of someone's personal love for you. All of these good moments are great ways to think about the greatest one of all, God. Christians believe this basic logic. God is better than anything. and that sentence with anything, and God is still better. (laughs) Seeing a video of a clumsy puppy makes you instantly happy, and God is better than a puppy. Being invited to hang out after work feels really good, and God is even better than your coworkers. Gasping at the blazing stars on a country night is a spiritual experience, and God is even better than the stars. Feeling so close to someone, so loved by someone, and the love of God is better than the love of your best friend, the love of your amazing mother, the love of your significant other. All of these moments are God's way through nature of telling you what he's like. Now, Obviously, they don't last forever. Personally, I can eat a donut rather fast. (laughs) But they are temporary glimpses of the everlasting God. They're God's ways of shaking these small thoughts out of your head and making his name God as big and as beautiful as it should be. This view of God was the shared belief of people like Jesus' friend John, the Apostle Paul, he's the guy that all those St. Paul churches are named after, King David, a B.C. poet and warrior, and the prophet Moses, the guy who first held the Ten Commandments. Let me prove it with a few of their words from the Bible. John once wrote, God is love. The Apostle Paul added, God is rich in mercy. He also said, God is faithful. King David, millennia ago, said, This only do I seek to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. He also wrote, Your love, God, is better than life. And Moses, about 1500 BC, said, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Put the quotes from these men all together and what do you get? You get God. A God who is loving, merciful, faithful, and beautiful. He's better, compassionate, gracious, and forgiving. And those were only a few quotes out of this big, big book that we call the Bible. No spiritual journey, including yours, should start without a clear idea of what God is like. And the Bible tells us that God is better than your best thoughts about him. So, you don't have to wait until the next church service or your next Bible reading to get to know God. Just look around. Lean into the best moments of your life. When you do, your heart will be one step closer to grasping the incredible character of God. But. So what? <laughs> An old professor once told a class of pastors in training, when you stand up in church to talk, I want you to picture me sitting way in the back row. And when you envision me there, I want you to hear me asking one question every Sunday. So what? <laughs> That's a pretty good question for us too. Okay, the kind of God I've been talking about sounds pretty incredible, but so what? What does he have to do with your day-to-day life? Here's my best answer. The presence of a loving person is powerful. Let me say that again so you remember it. The presence of a loving person is powerful. When my wife Kim and I got married way back in 2003, we did not move into a mansion. (laughs) Our first home was this little apartment in southeastern Wisconsin with one bathroom and a tiny square kitchen and minimal closet space. We had no garage, meaning we had to scratch off the frost and warm up the cars during those long midwestern winters. So, were we miserable? Nope. (laughs) Not even close. Because the presence of a loving person is powerful. We had each other. And having each other was enough to make those years pretty incredible. I bet you've experienced that too. Maybe algebra wasn't your idea of a good time. (laughs) But if you had the right people present in class with you, well, life in school was pretty good. Or maybe you went through the sweat fest of 5K training or basic training in the military. But if you had good friends at your side, life was still pretty good. Maybe you've been through a miserable week of work. But if your two-year-old gave you the longest, warmest hug in recent history, you quickly forgot about the workplace misery. Because, as I've been trying to convince you, the presence of a loving person is powerful. Listen, at its very essence, this is what the Bible is about. It's about you and me being in the presence of the most loving person imaginable, God. If the most compassionate, powerful, beautiful and interesting person in the universe was in the room with us, then our lives would be well pretty incredible. And this is what God wants. He wants to be with you. He wants to walk through life with you. He wants you to have a place in his presence, a seat at his table, a spot in his kingdom. He wants that in this life and in the life to come. And that is the way to be profoundly Content. Maybe you've heard those ancient words of King David that are often read at Christian funerals. He said in Psalm 23 Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you, God, are with me. These words are often quoted at funerals to offer comfort to grieving loved ones. You're still with me, God, is what we think. I'm going to get through this. About a 1,000 years later, a Christian in prison named Paul said this, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And what exactly was Paul's secret? The presence of the most loving person. He said in that same chapter, the Lord, a name for God that emphasizes his love, the Lord is near. Paul knew that God was right here. The presence of the most loving person changed his life, whether he was well-fed or hungry, whether he had everything or nothing. And you, my friend, can say the same thing as David. You can say the same thing as Paul, even when he was in prison for Jesus. You can say, even though I might not get the job that I want, I will not be afraid. Even though he might break up with me or we might not be able to conceive and have a child, I will not be afraid. Even though I might have to live with anxiety or depression, I will not be afraid. Even if I have to struggle in this life, even if my body breaks down, I will not be afraid because God is love and God is not going to leave. Believe it or not, it is possible to be unafraid and content, to have peace and to be filled with joy just if you know God is here. God is in the room. If a God who is that good is right here with you, then you too, in this very moment, can have a good life. So, I guess that begs the biggest question of all. Is a God who is that good right now with a person like you? Hey, thanks for listening. If you're finding this podcast helpful in your walk of faith, will you consider sharing it? You probably know that word of mouth is one of the best ways that we can help other people connect to God, the basics and really beyond the basics of the Christian faith. So, help people grasp the height, the width, the depth, the beauty, the worthiness of our Savior Jesus Christ by sharing this with someone that you know. Thanks and have a great day!